So do we call this, um, this is episode six. Can you believe it? Do you know there's a secret message in that, that this six happens to come after Joe Biden has become the president-elect? Not only that, but do you know how many slices of pizza are in a pizza pie? Um, six? No, eight. But it's very close to six. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay. I get it. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. And you know how I know that's true? I saw that on the internet. On the World Wide Web? Yes. There's a lot to find there. A lot of information. Chapter one. Amen. 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 The cheese pizza thing. Yeah. Tell me about it. I don't know if you've watched this. Uh, there's a... There's a See, like a guy from CNN a couple weeks ago goes to a QAnon like gathering and he's talking to this woman and she's like, he's like, so you don't think Pizzagate is like, you know, it's fantasy. She's like, no, pizza is a code word for child pornography. See, cheese pizza, child pornography. Brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's like, wait, oh my I'm, God. Sorry, I'm sorry. What? You figured it all out. Right. It doesn't mean like, you know. Chicken parm. So, no, 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 not chicken parm. So when Giuliani, uh, when he was announcing this whole, we're going to protest the vote, and he went in Philadelphia and he found a very special Four Seasons total landscape next to porn shop crematorium place, people in the QAnon group, um, God bless them, each and every one of them, have realized that uh, I think because the word landscape is in there and someone like three years ago said landscape while they were no. landscaping. No, come on. There you go. <laughs> and, oh my God. and the funny thing is this reminds me of my wacky friends on the left and my rack, wacky friends on the right. I mean, everyone's in on... Let's make, let's play, let's make up a story and kind of pretty much believe it. So you, so you have lefties that are as wacky as the QAnoners? Not really. No, no. there's no way. There's no, <laughs> no. way. That, no. I mean. The QAnoners are just sitting around scratching their heads thinking, wait a minute, Trump was supposed to win. But it all the brilliant thing about the, that cult is that the, the QAnon cult, I mean, is that y- everything makes sense. Like it's all a part of some sinister plan. So it's actually that he didn't win so that and that's like maybe he has some crazy plan to like let the, the yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> but this exactly reminds me of. People I love so dearly. I love people on the right and I love people on the left. People say, whatever happens, you know, the sky blows up and people say, oh, it was all according to la 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 la. Isn't that similar? You mean like in the Bible, what are you talking about? No, no, just, no. In, just in life. Like people like it was meant to happen. Hmm. 
I don't know if that's the same thing. It's meant to happen. Like all this horrible stuff happens. Well, it was meant to happen. Oh, uh-huh, right. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> maybe it's just like shit is happening. And it's really bad. It wasn't meant to happen at all. But it happened. In other words, people justify stuff because they have this. In other words, they're not looking at the data and coming up with their set of beliefs based on the data. They've got their beliefs and they're sort of formatting the data based on their beliefs. Right. Right. Yeah, so a guy in that interview, on the QAnon interview, the guy said, you know, Tom Hanks is a pedophile. And he says, you know, how do you know? He's like, well, he's, an, he's a powerful person. He says, well, how do you know he's a pedophile? And the, and the QAnon says, how do you know he's not? Right. Got you there. Right. So, of course, with that line of argument, you can say, well, Donald Trump's a powerful person. He must be a pedophile. Or you could say, I could say to that, that guy, well, you're a pedophile. Well, how do you know you're not? They're like, you know, like using that, that whatever that double negative kind of like, you know, but you need to, the, the, this absence of burden of proof that's going on is, is just, um, my God. It reminds me of this sort of uh, witch burning in New England Back in the pioneer days and uh, in the good old days, in the good old days. <laughs> yes. Back when men were men and sheep ran like heck. <laughs> and the people are trying to pull the wool over everyone's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, someone had uh, someone get accused of being a witch. It's just like the logic you were just saying. Well, how do you prove? How do, when you, how do you know she's a witch? Well, burn her, um, burn her. Oh, she turned me into a newt. Well, go better. Of course, Monty Python makes fun of that sort of thing, but it's like one of the prevalent cults in American society today, in 2020. I'm sorry, Trump or QAnon? QAnon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's well, the same thing? Right. It's just an extension. It's it's a further extension. Yeah. Right? I mean, one is a cult and one is a is even Holy cannoli, Batman. No, I no no. I think you could differentiate them. You could say one is a cult and the other one is a cult. <laughs> you see the difference? I do. Yeah, I thought I think pizza, thought you did. cheese pizza. One orders pepperoni. <laughs> One is, is that vegetarian. A chicken parm, or you're just glad to see me. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh my gosh. So, this is what our country has come down to, and we are the laughing stock of everyone who opens up books. <laughs> right. Which includes, guess what? New Zealand. They open up books there? Australia. Oh, wow. Germany, France, England, Asia, and all the other countries. <laughs> Did I miss any? Uh, yeah, pretty much the rest of the world. I mean, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, so the prisoners went to Australia. The religious fanatics came here, and we've been stuck ever since. Dagnabbit. Chapter two. We're going to talk about this book, Maga Seduction. And um, this MAGA seduction by Patrick Conkey. Um, it's very bold what he did, and he sort of stuck his neck out 
the way that uh, some very, very few Christian leaders did in Germany in the 1930s. And the people who did all got killed. Right. He is absolutely very bold. Very bold. And, you know, um, I have never, I've never read a book, as far as I know, from an evangelical before. And uh, it hooked me right away. I, I need a book that's going to hook me right away. And I definitely, I started, after page one, I was totally hooked. You know, this like uh, an analysis, like this guy speaking up for his clan. You know, and that's what I was really amazed by, you know, he, that he was like, this is, those, like he was really, in, he felt really hurt by what's happening to his clan. I, I thought it was a brilliant book. And I think that he was essentially saying, hey, what does it mean to be a Christian? Yes. What does it mean to be evangelical? Right. And whatever people are doing out there is not Christian. I think he was making a very bold, powerful statement saying, you folks are going down the wrong path. What it means to be Christian, Christ was teaching something completely different. And if you want to be more than Christian in name only, what you need to do is figure out what Christ said. And I'm just paraphrasing the book. I'm not Christian, and I, I'm not a pastor. Um, I just found the book to be very beautiful, and he was just basically going back to Christ's teachings. And I hope I understand this properly, but I think what he was saying was a number of things, one of which was that Christ did not teach to hate the other. Right. But rather, that was the opposite of Christ's teachings. It was to bring in people who were to, 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 to be humble and to um, not, uh, not degrade the, the non-believers or the people who are different, because that's not what evangelizing, it's, it's, that's not what Christ asked us to do. Right. I was really struck um, by the, uh, his, uh, his point that evangelicals have their, the way they see themselves is that they're like this kind of beacon of light for society, you know, and that there's that by by living the the word and that 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 they're an inspiration for the to the rest of society and I what I you know if I was able to talk to him I I I, I and I think he understands this is like that wow a lot of society does not see the evangelicals like that and and he he says that in the book like that they're losing that 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 what they that grounding they felt they had they they they're losing it or lost it you know like now it's pretty much just like evangelical largely just means you know republican part of the part of the, the you know trump's base and they and and you know certainly the tribe over here does not see evangelicals as somehow like something we're striving for that we want to be like in any way, shape or form, you know? And, uh, you know, I think he feels that. I think he's aware of that. I Um, think he made the point that we, we as evangelical Christians are using Trump 
We made a bargain with him. We're using him to hate our enemies for us. Oh, yeah, totally. And that's not what Christianity is about. That's something else. It's not Christianity. Right. It's a power. What it is, is it's, it's, I'm just trying to paraphrase uh, what the author was saying. Um, I'm not trying to be creative here. He was saying that that is being a political block. And if you look at what Christ's life was like, Christ was given this sort of choice when he was on the cross. And he was asked by a very powerful leader back then, um, you know, hey, let's, let's make a deal. Work with me. Right. And Christ said, no thanks. Right. And that's the whole point, as I understand it, of Christianity. That's the lesson. That's the beauty and the power. And it is very beautiful and very powerful. And instead, what you have is people um, who want political power. And it's what what the author was saying. Again, this is not coming from me. This is me reading a pastor, evangelical pastor's words. He's saying that... You become what you emulate. You become what you follow. And people are following Trump and becoming their opposite. Mm. And that's not what Christ was asking the Christian community to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. it It was to come out with a big heart and say, be attracted to this love. And uh, and what's ha- what happens now is that uh, Trump is using this tribal language, not Christian language. Tribal, that's and, right. And people have made a deal, a bargain um, with with Trump, with this block of power, and and it's a Faustian bargain. Can I read this? This is uh, Please. Uh, this is under the attack on our heart. He says, Trumpism happens when we listen to the voice of the serpent, when we allow ourselves to fall under his spell, when we revel in the elevation of our basest instincts and begin to organize around those things, rather than to participate in the age-old internal Christian struggle for the sac- sanctification of our heart. Dang. Um, I, right? Uh, yeah, right? Trumpism, Trumpism comes yeah. for our heart on all three of those levels: uh, what the mind, the uh, the emotions, and the will. Like holy smokes! I mean, this is a well laid out argument by someone. I mean, this is. I think this book is essential. It's reading. a brilliant, yeah, it's essential reading. Brilliant yeah. book. Yeah. So, what does it mean to be a Christian? To bring the light of Jesus Christ um, by living honorable lives. That flies in the face of Trump. Listen to this. The Bible doesn't allow believers to fight our enemies using the devil's tactics. <laughs> I mean, you know, this feels like he's making a, a, an argument in a higher court. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's truly a must read book. Yeah. I, I want to read a little bit, if I could, please, Eric, from page. Uh, there's two sections. One is on page 19. I'm writing this book because everything Donald Trump does, he does in our name. Right. He has co-opted the conservative Christian movement, and the entire world knows that we're the ones who keep him in power. 
As a leader in this movement, I can't shirk my responsibility to call out how we've been co-opted and to resist Donald Trump's advances with every resource I have at my disposal. Since we're the ones keeping him in power, we are morally culpable for the damage he's doing to the nation and to many innocent people. And by going along with the increasing unreality he projects in order to avoid accountability for his failures, we end up debasing our own conscience. We know better. We know who he is. And we pretend otherwise. You know, history is um, is full of situations where, you know, religious groups go with the power structure. And... Uh, it does not end well. It does um, not end well. You know, well. this happened yeah. in Germany, and he talks about that at the beginning of the book. It happened uh, in Rwanda, and the church leaders went with the extermination of Tutsis. I, I always think of uh, a, f- a friend of mine in Spain whose grandfather fought in the Spanish Civil War, and he had this, like, when I remember we were going to, we were just touring around a town and we were going to go into the cathedral and we're like, you know, do you want to go in? He's like, he gave, basically gave the middle finger to the church. He's like, I could care less about going in there. And I didn't totally understand it at the time, but the church in Spain and the, in the civil war, you know, allied with the rightists, with the fascists, with Franco. And, um, you know, so this, this is, this does not have, this is not without record in history where, where, where very religious people go with the power structure. Um, and, uh, I, I am grateful. I'm grateful to Patrick for having written this book because, uh, it, it takes a lot of bravery. I mean, this is not just a, this is not like a New York times writer, right? This is a guy who was a pastor of an evangelical congregation for, you know, what, 20 plus years. The other point I just want to make that you were mentioning abortion that I really struck me. I've never really read, um, you know, in my own bubble, I suppose, but I've never read, read someone's, um, he didn't go deep into a a defense of abortion, but he did lay out some interesting points about, so just to try to understand why that is so important to his side, to his tribe and how that people people become suckers for that because they believe in it so deeply that someone like Trump knows and and politicians he also talks about this politicians do this throughout American history they say oh yeah we're going to deal with that abortion issue and so be, and they say that in order to get voters and they never really do deal with it right um not that i i want it dealt with the way that but i'm just just you know the speak when he was speaking for his side um that that it made me really understand a little bit more of how important that is for a group of people that like protecting the unborn is is very 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 important and i'm not in any way getting into the debate about abortion right now but i'm just that just to hear that from from his side you know you do have to try to listen to what other people what puts fire in people's bellies you know to try to understand a situation so that that i thought was really was he argued it well i mean it's not changing my mind but it's it, it does make me understand a little bit more you know If Patrick were here, I would ask him, why did his dissertation here not resonate or, or, or did it? 
How many people did he reach through this book? Um, was there a movement? Is he allied with 10,000 other evangelical pastors? Or is it just basically him and his mentor? Um, how do you reach people with his message? Or is it too radical? He does get pushback. He does get some hate, he says in the book, you know, and I'm not surprised. Um but I would guess that a lot of people don't want to read this in terms in his in his community, the evangelical community. Um, you know, hopefully he's getting some good distribution for this, uh, you know, nationally. But, you know, I don't know. There's there's a lot of Trump books out there. But, you know, this one was so well argued and it was such a different uh, direction, different kind of angle than I've had before. Um, that's what got me, you know, suck me yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So this little section here, page 82 of his book, um, Maga Seduction, uh, it's called Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Adolf Hitler. Stephen Hines, a scholar of Bonhoeffer, wrote an open letter to Christians who love Bonhoeffer but still support Trump. It reads in part, Your embrace of Trump is eerily reminiscent of German Christians' attachment to Hitler in the early 1930s. I make this point not to convince you that Trump is Hitler, but to remind you of the troubling ways Christians have compromised themselves in endorsing political movements in which they perceive the hand of God. I developed a scholarly interest in the church's role during Nazi era, in part so I could help ensure that Christians would never repeat the mistakes they made under Hitler. Similarly, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is one of my heroes in part because he was able to resist the wave of Hitler worship that swept up many German Protestants. So um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a, uh, a Christian pastor in Germany and a theologian who fought against Hitler and was trying to guide Christians away from trying to guide the Christians back then toward Christianity Mm. and they didn't buy it. And he eventually died for his efforts. And now his very words are being used to support Trump. It's very, very twisted. I guess the I guess another way of saying that is people don't learn from the past. And maybe it's because they don't. They don't. People don't read and people are anti-intellectual and they're anti-books and and this is a whole anti-elite attitude um of the right. And so they are bound to repeat history and including the negative bits of it. Right. I mean, it's almost a cliche, but yeah, you have to read, you have to to know history, <laughs> you know, and otherwise you'll get taken advantage of and, and, and you'll think you're a part of something new. And in fact, you're just a part of something that's played out again and again. I was thinking about the similarities between this book, Maga Seduction and the Lottery, and essentially... It's the story of this savage 
element in each human being that is present and allowed to come out and be expressed in a society that ritualizes that expression. So in other words, the society is opening up the gates for this darkness to be expressed, to come out and to be acted upon. The shocking bit for me is that it's all made to seem so normal. It's like, oh, this is what we're going to do. It's a Saturday afternoon, la, 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 little picnic going on. And there's this family walking by and this darkness comes through this community. It's very dark, easy to read story, very brief. And what that reminds me of is this book that we just read, MAGA Seduction by Patrick Conkey. And it reminds me of the whole Trump story in that Donald J. Trump has opened up through Trumpism within our society gates. He's opened up gates to allow the darkest impulses that we have to be part of our society and to be expressed collectively through, collectively through ritual. Yell, like lock her up, yell, voting, vote, um, put little babies in cages, mm-hmm. uh, be white supremacists, mm-hmm. um, uh, just uh, authoritarian impulses. Uh, elections have no meaning. Truth has no meaning. All these things of a, a dict a, a, an abusive dictator is now normalized by the secretary of state by the by the attorney general by the people in the department of defense by governors by republican leadership in the senate by republican leadership in the congress all by preachers, by all these levels in our society today and 70 million voters. This darkness now has, just like in Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, has a pathway out so it can be expressed. So you're saying, Eric, that you're done with this. All right, we're going to read one more book about this, and I'm done with Trump, and let's move on. And I would love to do that. That's but I'm not. Saying, but I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I think it's all done. I'm just saying. I think there's a shift that uh, the side of rationality has to make, where we can't. We've got to stop um, reading this stuff all the time and focusing on it and obsessing on it. I'm not saying it's going away, but I think we have to. We have to do a shift. We, we're giving too much of our psychic energy to it because we've had to deal with this guy as president. And when when Joe Biden becomes president, obviously it's, that stuff's going to be present. But if the press and we don't get our psychic energies off of that all the time, we're going to keep fueling it. 
it's going to be present. We know it's there, but there's a lot of people that want rationality and um, and thinking and science in our world. And so I have to put my psychic energy more toward that, knowing that the crazies and knowing that this energy is there and knowing it's going to be a part of stuff. It's 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 without a doubt. It's going to be uh, a huge part of things. I, I'm not trying to ignore it. I just want to. I don't want to give it as much psychic energy or whatever the word might be as 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 we all have been. You know, people should um, t- take. You know, stop subscribing to Trump's Twitter. You know, he's a madman. I mean, I mean, you know, we want to know what the crazy guy's doing, but we can't. We cannot keep our focus on. Um, not that we do, like, and I'm not saying not be vigilant, but I just think there's a there is a, a self care for the country that we have to think about. You know, in terms of you know, like you talk about the balloon. The more you focus on the evil energy, the more you blow it up. Um, you got to keep an eye on it. You keep that one eye always on it, but there's also something about um, shifting your focus. Um, I'm really happy to see, you know, a leader who's like got all these scientists up on this big Zoom screen, you know, and he's talking to them about the pandemic and 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 taking, you know, racial issues seriously now in the country. And, and you know, I want that energy to be a big energy that comes, you know, like a big, beautiful storm. <laughs> can't help this kind of my hope you know it's kind of maybe it's that american optimism i always have in me you know i I think you're right in that we should change focuses and yet part of me thinks for the 70 million people who voted for trump how to integrate with these folks and how to suggest to them in some kind of respectful way not to go down the path of of a dictatorship. How do you, in other words, it's going to play out again in 2024. Like, do we want that? Not really. Um, and, and and 75 million people are going to vote for Eric Trump. <laughs> no, you're laughing, and I laugh with you, but no, I don't. I'm um, not laughing. In how do we absurd. how do we educate? I, I, I run into this problem with people who've been, and there's a lot of them who've been in a destructive cult. Most people leave a cult and they want to change their, it's similar language to what you just used. And it's understandable and it's reasonable. I want to move on. Too much energy dealt with this. But if they don't heal, if they don't get educated, a lot of them end up getting, they leave one cult and go right back into another. Well, I mean, I, there's plenty of discussion to be had for how many of these people are actually, I don't know, I guess there's different levels of cult, but um, just reading article after article and mouth agape and saying, oh my God, can you believe this all the time? It's a lot of energy. It's huge. It's a lot yeah. of energy. It's like, it is. just do a little turn of the head towards some other stuff. And, 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 and worship yeah. like I'm like, this is a moment of great joy. Like Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is a huge joy in this country for people that get it. And there's a lot of people that get it, that that's a big, big moment in our history. I'm so sorry for the people that don't get it, but it's a big, big moment. And I want to give attention to that. Chapter three. So, um... Sad, Tired, Beautiful World. Mm. This is a song. Um, and a lot of the music we play on this podcast is from The Line, which comes from a project you and I worked on 
um, a real deep project that we worked on. Uh, your book, The Monkey Bible, and and the music I wrote for it, The Line. And so it's been a real joy using that music for this podcast, you know, for the th- throughout. And, um, you know, we always try to find have something musical in each of these podcasts. And, mm. and, uh, and, I said, Mark, what, what, what could, what could that song be this time around? And you said, what about Sad Tired Beautiful World? Mm. I think that's a perfect choice of song. The, the musicians that were involved in this were so spectacular, and I feel like, you know, I can play it on my acoustic guitar. I could do that, but somehow I feel like maybe it's something um, that we that we listen to. Let's give it a listen here. She can hardly do the work in her hands and her heart Or the hole in her soul that grows and takes these two worlds apart The man does preach and what will he teach us? Are we gods and gods alone? Are we man or beast or a bit of each? Someone's ringing on the phone Sad, tired, beautiful world, I'm making a deal with you Come on, here inside some talking to do now the moment's right and you can turn off all the lights and speak the truth I need to hear come on tell me the truth I need to hear come on tell me the truth let it Through the ice and snow What can I know or trust? It's headlong nature Relentless nomenclature Beating one against the rest What does it mean To have a human heart and brain? Does it mean I am the best? Sad, tired, beautiful world I'm making a deal with you Come on, here inside We got some talking to You can turn off all the lights and speak the truth I need to hear Come on, tell me the truth I need to hear Come on, tell me the truth Let it ring in my Something you can't see 
Close your eyes there, that's enough. You gotta trust me. She crouched and shivered and listened to the roar of the wind. Time crushed seconds into minutes into where to begin. Where to begin? Where to begin? Created man and his ability to see. A long time ago, God created man and man's dominion over everything. The soft candlelight illuminated her long black hair. She fell out of her time and out of her mind, out of who really cares? Who really cares? Who really cares? Who really cares? A deal with you. Come on, here inside. We've got some talking to do. Now the moment's right. And you can turn off all the lights and speak the truth. I need to hear. Come on, tell me the truth. I need to hear. Come on, tell me the truth. What a journey that is. I'll tell you what comes to mind, Eric. 
And that is, we've had a bit of discussion today about where things go wrong, where things go, go dark, where things fall apart on a large scale. And the core of that is kind of a, it's, 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 it shows up in the physical realm, but the core of it is coming from the spiritual realm. It's a mistake. And what this song represents for me and always has represented for me, I've listened to the song so many times. It, this song is about what is right. It's about a spiritual journey. The song is a spiritual journey about asking questions. That's really what the song is about. It's not this arrogance like we know. We've got this and we're going to grab power and shake you. That's, that's not this song. This song is an exploration. It's an asking. It's a humility. And it's, it's, a, it's a very beautiful, um, a dare I say, Christian journey. Chapter four. So anyway, so Mr. Peach was traveling in an old beat up Subaru, which was a lemon, right? And he travels down to Georgia, which I understand Georgia to be the peach state, right? Right. And and what does he do? He got on the midnight train. He goes train. to a pole. Oh. He got to the midnight train to Georgia. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Where everybody pulls it out, right? Yeah. They pull out all the stops. At the Waffle which House? Is what, well, right. Yeah, they were waffling. That's what Rudy was doing. That's the refrain of the song. That's what Rudy was doing. That's what Rudy was doing. That's at, what Rudy... At the and, Waffle House. With the 15-year... So, <laughs> the... the it was only one 15-year-old, so I don't... I'm hoping you won't make a big deal of it on this podcast. It was only one 15-year-old. Okay. Got it. With a little bit of whiskey. <laughs> and, and he was only trying to pull it out. I mean, you know, his verbal jousting thing was stuck there a little bit. It was, it was, was a small point. He was trying to... <laughs> very small. It was all a big lead-up to, uh, to the total landscaping and the... Uh, it was actually, you know, he's just like, he's business minded. You know, he's, it was actually, you know, the business of that place and the porn shop and the, uh, crematorium we're getting now is, you know, it was, a, it was a good, it was, it was, it was set, it was a setup for those businesses. You know, he's looking well, out, that's a, he's looking out yeah. for the everyman, you know, that's why he did it. That's exactly the point. So Mr. Peach is down there at the polling station. He finds his big pole, right? Right. It's the biggest pole there. Just like Rudy, right? He did, and did a pole with dance. The 15, he did. He did a, and exactly. And then half the. This is weird now. Half the people went clockwise. Oh. The other half went counterclockwise. Guess what happened? They crashed right in the middle. Huh. Right. So Mr. Peach is watching all this, and I, I don't quite understand what that has to do with Rudy. Well, because they think, crashed, and then half of them went to the porn shop, and half went to the crematorium. It was, it was weird. 
just <laughs> delicious, delicious. Oh my god. Oh my god. And in QAnon, if you look at past postings, delicious has the word the segment of the word dildo in it. Dill, like a pickle, like fruity, you know? And anyway, it's don't be sour now. And so the, the this this dildo is the shop that that dildo shop that was right near the four seasons total landscape mind fudge um happiness landscaping corporation yeah that's where mr peach was right next so mr peach was by this big pole yeah yeah right. it was getting shrink it was shrinking a lot yeah whiskey did that right and 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 he sees these people crashing into each other, and what does he do? He sees right. He drove down lemon, but then he sees an orange in this golden gilded cage. Oh yes. Did he slice it up and put it in his tequila? This, yeah. but this was sad because when he saw that orange, yeah. Do you ever see one of these Star Wars movies where you have? Like an orange in a gilded cage, and you have like millions of people like marching, march, like, march, like, march. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Germany in the 1930s. Oh yeah, uh huh. Because you you get this whole beautiful Star Wars like Jedi knights, right? Dun, 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 knights dun, dun. in white satin, <laughs> never reaching the. And and you get these funky kind of. Uh, Sort of very punchy, uh, happy-go-lucky young fifteen-year-old princesses right. in the Star Wars oh, world. Right. This was not that. This was something else. Oh. This is the dark, like the First Order. Right, right. And half the people when we're, we're running around that pole, they go and follow the big orange. Right. Mr. Peach right. said, "I've had enough. I'm getting back in my lemon." He went home. <laughs> So it has nothing to do with James and the Giant Peach. It was more like, no, 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 no. nothing. nothing. No, I, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think Peach was really kind of fuzzy on what happened. Yeah. Hmm. Well, someday it'll get figured out. I, I have a feeling, you know, uh, it will all, uh, you know, come out in the wash. You know, maybe maybe next time they can have their, you know, conference at the, like, you know, the Ritz uh, 24-hour laundry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, by the way, that's a great place to do your money laundering. <laughs> so, for instance, let's say you've got, I don't know, gold from Curacao. I'm just making this up. Sure. I know nothing about this sort of thing. Right. But let's say $826 million, it came through, you know, Colombia and then El Salvador and Honduras. I don't know anything about You definitely about know nothing about that. No, yeah. no, no, nothing, nothing, no, nothing. No, no. And yes, Nothing to do with oligarchs or anything like that, or snarks or barks or warks. Although it does have to do with Rudy. Oh, I thought you were going to say corks. Oh, yeah, because he had to wash after that. Whole... Oh, he did. Boy, he, yeah. did he. He. Oh well, my God. Yeah. You're talking after he was landscaping. Yeah. Didn't they make him? Well, didn't they? Wasn't that part of the they deal? They did. He yeah, was mowing yeah. mowing grass for like days after that whole thing. Well, the thing is, it had to do with fertilizing. <laughs> Manure. Because it's like a, well, the, the people first they go into the dildo shop and then they go to this fertilization section for the total landscape. <laughs> oh my God. And Rudy was so 
kind of in his, for him, it was like this green movement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He was trying to create new life the green with this 15 year old. Yeah. It's his, the new peel. The deal, really? Yeah. But Sasha, Sasha's like nothing to do with it. He just happened to be making a movie and Rudy just walked in. Now, Sasha just happened to be dressed up as, you know, kind of in drag in the closet, but that was a coincidence. Oh, oh totally. Totally. Yeah. Just like, you yeah. know, the dildo shop in the crematorium. It was all right. Total, total. Yeah. Well, you know, well it's, co- thing- it's a coincidence, but it's also, if you look at it, you know, that dill and, mm-hmm. uh, cream dill. from the crematorium and dill. And if you look at like, when you mix like a dill pickle and you put it in like, you know, cream, oh cream my cheese, God. do you oh see? My God. That's exactly. Oh, that's, oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Stop. Cream cheese. Philadelphia right, exactly. cream that, cheese. Oh do you my see? God. Do you see how it all makes sense? I mean, oh, and, but, they, and they've been trying this... to like keep us in the dark all this time, but it was all, that was the whole, it was messaging. Oh, Philadelphia, that's what I was saying. The dark cream. from Star Wars, the first order, you know, you want a second order? Cream. Well, how many orders do you want? Cream, Crematorium. just glad to see me. No, I got it. Got it? Yeah, no, yeah. that's, so, I get it, got it. So, I mean, it's good. Well, it's just like, I'm glad to, it's, I, I personally find it way more, um, satisfying to be living in this, like this, where there's deep, dark secrets all over the place that I'm figuring out. It's way more exciting than just knowing that there's Walmart in town. (laughs) Well, that's where I get my gun. (laughs) It's true. So also where I get my so cream wait, cheese. <laughs> right. Philadelphia's. So you're saying that it's more exciting when you see connections that aren't actually there. Oh, I didn't say they aren't there. I mean, but you know, but it's, it's all in the, the deep state, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's thrilling, you know, talk okay, about, so here's a, yeah. Take here, me for here's a ride. Really, yeah. really worthy of being taken for a ride. Yeah. So Rudy used to be mayor of New York. Oh, yeah. What else is in New York? Uh, Jewish people oh. who eat cream cheese. Oh. What is Sasha Baron Cohen? Um, Someone who went to Philadelphia. Oh, do you see the connection? I do, totally. Yeah. Like and it, if he hasn't been there, he should go. It's very nice. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> that I, I have someone who, they got a bar mitzvah there. Listen. It was so lovely. I feel like I want the big, you know, bulletin board with the like thumbtacks and and thread, and you can kind of like thread all of this together. It can be like, you know, start with the cream cheese and bring it all the way over here to the pickle, which is actually code a word dildo. for dildo, exactly. And then yes, you go from exactly. there, no, I saw that, right, to the cream. Go back to cream cheese, Philadelphia, <laughs> then bring it all the way over <laughs> to the corner over here, Rudy, right. But what is Rudy code word for? Right up here. Do you know? Yes, I do. But I'm not going to tell you. Exactly. So we pin that to that code word. Pin that. Right. (laughs) Down here. Which is how, yeah, right down there. Yeah, (laughs) which is so connected to that. And that's why he's tucking in his shirt, because it's down there, right? And then then it's it's a signal to anybody watching. And I'll let you figure out the rest. 